0: Welcome to Gibson's Caring Corner. Today, Creighton and I are going to talk to you about health. A healthy body, mind, and soul are vital to successful aging. Making deliberate and wise personal choices could go a long way, and that is going to help you ensure that you will make the most of your senior years. So, yeah, I'd like to encourage you not to have the first conversation about your health, with your children as you're arriving at a hospital I would say that's not a good choice Um, and you know senior care professionals surveyed reported that 70 percent of family conversations about aging are prompted by an event such as health crisis or another emergency yeah I have to laugh last night um, how many times did we accidentally call for help?
1: It was three
0: different times. Three different times. We, we were moving furniture and things around. and you know, Mom has one of those um, uh, alert uh, push button um, that will call 911 if you need them. Well, I'm the first one that hit it because I was moving some things out of a cabinet, and I didn't realize there were some that you could put on a wall in the cabinet, and I hit the button. <coughs> and then I set them over in Mom's chair when she comes out of her bedroom, and then she hits them. Twice. And hit them twice. <laughs> so, so anyway, those and are they, some good things to have, though. If you need easy access, because they work great. Oh, too good! <laughs> they
1: call my cell phone every time.
0: <laughs> All right. So, you know, assessing your health. Yeah, you know, as a daughter, yeah, I can look at my mom and I can assess her health which she doesn't really enjoy whenever I say, Mom, no. yeah, you're looking a little frail. I really wish you would eat more. Why don't you go for a walk with me? It uh, it just doesn't come out the way it should from time to time. Because what I'm saying, I'm saying because I care about her. But what she hears is, well, you're forcing me to eat. Well, I may not want to go out and exercise. And so sometimes it's just difficult um, and, and encouraging in the right way for someone to— to do what they need to do to take care of themselves. So, Creighton, you have any suggestions for us?
1: Well, in our situation, it's challenging every day, but, um, (laughs) you know, we we do try to encourage at least walking and getting out and walking up and down the street. Um, We do try to get her just to get up out of the chair or out of the bed and... And have some movement. Mm-hmm.
0: So if you were um, assessing yourself, would you consider yourself to be physically healthy? Would you?
1: On the most part, yeah. A mm-hmm. um, little overweight, but we're working on it.
0: Yeah, we are. We, we're losing weight, so that's mm-hmm. great. I hope you all can tell that by looking at the different series. So that yep. We are working hard at that. Um, but being physically healthy, it's important. Um, it, the more healthy you are, the more movement you can have, the more well, energy you have, the more desire to get healthier is there. So, you know, assessing yourself and ask your loved one, ask your mom or dad. You know, if you were to consider yourself not healthy or healthy, you know, tell me about that ask them what they would do not tell them what they need to do but ask them what they would do to make themselves feel healthier yeah. and and it may be some of the exact same things that we're talking about right now
1: yeah you know what what do you think you could improve on um, and how healthy do you really want to be in your retirement years
0: i really doubt anyone's going to say I think I want to be a couch potato. Mm. I don't think they will. I guess it depends on how hard they work you know, during, during their life. They may they may enjoy being a couch potato. True. We do find a lot of people stuck in a recliner from time to time, and I'm just going to say that is not a good choice. Um a recliner can be okay to sit down and watch a TV, um but it's not some place you need to stay in. Right. So, um yeah, There's different pros and cons. You know, there are recliners that are automatic that will push people out of their chair. But if you get those, then you're no longer using the muscles that help you get out of the chair. So You
1: you need to have a balance, not just stay in the chair all
0: the time. Exactly. And I know we've mentioned this before, but I would like to mention it again. If your loved one is getting unstable, if they're falling, if they're getting really frail, then there is a fall risk program with Medicare that the primary care physician can order, and a physical therapist mm-hmm. can come in, or your loved one can go to physical therapy to rebuild strength. Mm-hmm. You know, whenever you lose your core strength, you know your core, that creates um, the likelihood of falling because that core strength keeps your balance, and you need that
1: keeps you stable.
0: Keeps you stable. I was reading like, what's one of the top exercises to keep you stable? It's a squat. And if you've not done those in a while... They are difficult. So I did try some of those yesterday. Creighton got to watch me do maybe 10, uh, but I had to do them at different time settings. I couldn't do just straight 10. So I need to work on that my own self. So That's a good good thing to do. Um, Another one was to lie on the floor, put your feet up on a chair, and do sit-ups that way. So that also helps you build your core strength and using your opposite elbow to knee as you're doing those sit-ups. So those are just a couple of things that are that are fairly easy um, to help you build some strength. So how about your mind? Um, you know, we also want to consider um, your mental um, ability as well. And, oh, I jumped ahead. Creighton is just pointing me. Tracy, you need to go back one. Okay, so do you see your your doctor regularly, and do you have routine checks and preventative screenings? So those are extremely important. Um, Your annual physicals, just because you've lived to be 70, 80, 90 years old doesn't mean you shouldn't receive an annual physical. You should, because things could pop up that you don't realize and that those different checks can help you. Some important preventative tests should include a mammogram for women. I hope by the time you need that mammogram that they're easier than they are now, because oh, it just doesn't seem fair, but um, it can be so painful. But you do need them because they do help find breast cancer. And some of the um, women that I've known that has had that, um, they didn't they didn't live too long after being diagnosed with that breast cancer. So those annual um, mammograms are so very very important. And it's not just for me uh, for women. So, you know, some men, if you've had some history um, in your family with breast cancer. You may need to have that as well. Um, PSA blood test for a man to help detect prostate cancer. Oh, and listen to that. I I am getting an alarm um, to pick up my phone because someone is at my house testing an alarm thing. So I apologize for that. We'll just have to enjoy that and let, and let that go. Um, and with that being said, so Creighton, tell us about your PSA blood test um, for a man. Why, why so, is that important?
1: So the prostate cancer, it does run in my family. Dad had prostate cancer, so anytime I go to the doctor, he he tests me at least twice a year, and it's just he's staying on top of it before it gets too far along, if it does. Uh, colonoscopy same way. When you're over fifty, you need to get them. Uh, and so
0: I'm remembering, there's something. What what was it called that they're they're looking for whenever they're doing that colonoscopy? Polyps. Polyps. And um, those polyps are important that they remove them, because what can grow?
1: It's basically precancer.
0: Pre cancer. So if you have a polyp, that is pre-cancer, and you need to get those things removed. Yeah. So just think about that. If you don't get a colonoscopy and you don't get those things removed, how are you going to feel if you have to wear a colostomy bag with everything going on the outside? So whenever you're 50, you need to have that colonoscopy, and it just is what it is. We need to make sure that um, you're taken care of and to get that test. Yeah. And next are memory tests to assess mental acuity. So, um, those tests are, can be done with your general practitioner. They may ask you things like, "Who's the current president?" "What's the day?" "What year is it?" Um, they may ask things. They may ask you to count backwards from one hundred. Um, things of your daily activity, but seeing how well you can remember. Now, if you can't remember where you placed your keys, or where your pocketbook is, or your cell phone, yeah, those are just normal. If those are the things you've lost all your life, me, yeah, that is a normal part of um, of life. I remember one year I lost some keys um, to the balloon fest. Um, because that was something I helped with. And I think it took me two years to find those. And they nice. were in a box, down in a box of old t shirts. And I did find them, but they had yeah. fallen down in there. But yeah. Um, but that's just a normal part of aging. All the right.
1: That's part of why she married me, because my job is to hunt thieves. So, yeah, I, I think I can't
0: find it. Yeah, he helps me. Anyway, which is great. Her, so,
1: her mom, and, and our daughter are three of a kind. <laughs>
0: All right, next we're going to assess the medications you are on and their side effects, if any. Make sure that you have a written log of your current medications. Believe it or not, if you are seeing multiple doctors, they may prescribe two different medications for the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. You know, not all doctors are on the same network, not all doctors can see what all things you're taking, and it is very, very important that you know what drug it is, the dosage, why you're taking it, why are you taking that medication, and the side effects. So that will give you a good chart so that you can always carry that with you. If you can keep it um, on your cell phone or keep it stored on on a computer or even just written down um, and update it as much as possible – yeah, that will be something you can carry with you to the doctor's offices. They can make a copy of it to make sure they know what you're taking. And you can go to a website called Let's Talk About and there's some charts in there that can help you with that as well. But check with your doctor regularly to assess whether you need adjustments to your medication schedule. So, like, if you were losing weight... And so I can say Creighton has lost well over twenty pounds, probably getting closer to twenty five now. And so there's some medications that he may get to come off of, because he's doing really well now. So as your body changes, then you may need your medications adjusted based on those changes. So, um, we are looking forward to the doctor taking you off yes, some of <clears> that. Now, assess where you are in your spiritual life. So, um, that is something Yeah, I I have to say, mother absolutely loves her Bible study. So if, if you have the ability to be in a Bible study, I'm sure you do. You can, you can search at your own church. You can search in the community. There's lots of places that have Bible studies, but that is something that she so enjoys and she gets to interact with and learn something new in scripture that she hadn't learned before. And it does lift her spirits. And I can see she is happy whenever she is pulling out her Bible study and learning from it.
1: Yeah, keeps her focused.
0: It does. So, Creighton, what is important to you about your spirituality?
1: Well, my Bible is my life. That's the book I go to. That's what I read. That's what I learn from. And that's how we based our everyday life.
0: Mm-hmm. How, how do you find meaning in your life?
1: Well, I always look to God first. God, my family, and work is how I've always done it. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, if I have a question, I start searching through the Bible to to find the answer I'm looking for personally, and that's how I do it.
0: You know, um, we have a friend, um, a a former pastor, Mm -hmm. that is so smart, and he taught us a lot. Um, and dr. Chris Thompson
2: mm-hmm.
0: and with that yeah he would tell us you know yeah even if you can't be just you know reading studying every single day at least pull out a proverb a day yep. so yesterday it was the 16th of April and um, I was in Proverbs 16 yep. and um, I think it's in verse three or four it was close to the top and it was talking about you know um, seeking God making sure God is, um, in your thoughts and in your in your plan, and then he will direct your path. And um, we were talking a little bit about that this morning. And whenever you are in in His word and seeking Him, um, you know, what comes up is just common sense almost. It's just like, oh, well, this is what I'm supposed to do. And um, it just it feels like a good place, and it is a good place whenever you're including God in your thoughts and your and your actions. So, how important will spirituality be to you in the future?
1: Well, it's, it's always important to me. Um, the older I get, the closer I get drawn to to God, and I thank Jesus for dying on the cross for my sins, Very puts great. me at peace.
0: That is good. So, with with that, um, you know, we're going to be talking about being proactive, uh, it can go a long way toward helping to achieve a total health and consider how we can improve our habits today for a healthier tomorrow.
1: Yeah, and we'll, we'll talk more about that on our next podcast.
0: So thank you for joining us today. I hope you've learned a little something that you can take with you, and we appreciate you joining our podcast, Gibson's Caring Corner.
2: Hi, welcome back to Health Tips with Gail, your exercise science health and fitness enthusiast. So last week we talked about the definition of stress. We kind of realized that everybody's comfort zone is a little bit different from each other's. So my girlfriend's comfort zone might not be the same as mine. My parents might not be the same as mine either. I might not have the same comfort zone as yours. For me, being my comfort zone is, well, I could either be at home reading a book Or I could be hiking to the top of a mountain. Those are all things I really enjoy. Things I find true comfort in doing. But for me, sitting in a buzzing coffee shop and trying to work on work is not very comforting for me. It's not very, doesn't put me at ease. But for you, that might be your thing. You might enjoy the high interactions of being in a coffee shop or in a busy place. But I wanna continue that talk. I wanna continue that each one of us have a different stress. So why does it matter if we have different stress levels or if each individual perceives things as stressful while another person might not? Well, because we're all gonna get stressed sometime. And so how do we cope with that stress? Well, I want to figure out what can we do before that stressor arises, that would allow us to approach it in more of a positive uh, light. So we know that stress is independent, individualized, but with that we also can tell, or we can also say that stress is either an opportunity or threat based on our mental state. So. If you are happy, you're going to respond to something much different than if you're upset or angry about it. So for you, maybe gain that extra work assignment at work. If you're in a bad mood, that could really just throw, throw you off the hill there. It could be way too much and you'd be like, you just want to give up. You might go into a rage over it. Maybe, maybe throw a fit. But. If you're happy and you're already feeling good and you're really ready to tackle the day and your work throws on that next opportunity for you. And they say, hey, we really needed to get this done. We know this is something that you're not specialized in, but I think we can or we think that you could really improve your overall professionalism or your overall skills by tackling this for us. Can you do it? For you, you might see that as a challenge. Yes, it's going to be stressful, but it's also an opportunity for you to grow and learn something new. And never know, you might actually really enjoy it. So stress is also perceived, or we can also deal with stress based off of our current mental state. So how do we make sure that we're in the best mental state we can be when something unexpected comes up? or? When we say, "Oh, they won't give me much more work. I'm almost finished with this," and yet they still do. How can we deal with that in a more positive, happier way? Well, so things to prepare ourselves throughout or throughout the day or in the early morning of the day is reading the Bible, even if only for five minutes, or maybe just reading one scripture, or if you have that one of those apps out there that. Gives you a little scripture at the beginning of the day, as their verse of the day. Maybe even just reading that, that can put you in a good, good mindset. Maybe you need a little bit more. Maybe you need thirty minutes a day. Then do thirty minutes a day. Read for thirty minutes. It doesn't have to be the Bible. Bible's a good way, but maybe just reading a book for thirty minutes is a good way to put you in a more positive mindset. Exercise or physical activity first thing in the morning is. Known to help boost your mental state. Help to make you feel more productive throughout the day. Meditation or mindfulness. Personally for me, if I had to meditate right after I woke up, I'd probably be right back to sleep. I can't do meditation first thing in the morning. But maybe for me, meditating during a morning break if I have one. Or maybe meditating during my lunch hour that could be a beneficial thing for me that helps me stay in a more of a positive mindset throughout the day. Other things are, as I said, reading a good book, praying, listening to your favorite song, getting seven to eight hours of sleep at night. I don't know too many people out there that are feeling really great and really good and ready to tackle a day if they've only had four hours of sleep. A lot of us are very groggy, very uh sometimes you can come off as frustrating or angry all the time because we just don't have that sleep but how good do you feel when you get the right amount of sleep you feel pretty good don't you but that also means not getting too much sleep because there's been times i know not just for myself but i know a lot of people that will get 10 hours of sleep a night thinking oh this is what i need but then you still wake up super groggy and you still don't wanna do anything throughout the day. So that seven to eight hours is really good for you. Really try to aim for that. Grabbing a healthy breakfast by yourself or with a friend, that's a great way to start off your day. Eating healthy helps our minds, our bodies to perform at its very best. I guarantee most of you feel a lot better after eating fruit compared to eating a donut, especially later on throughout the day. Practicing gratitude. So being grateful for what you do have. That's a great way to keep yourselves in a positive light. Also, setting intentions for the day via writing down your goals, tasks, or what you want to accomplish. And maybe that's something that you need to do. Maybe you're a very busy person and you need a way to be more organized. So maybe just writing down What do you wish to accomplish that day? And personally, I actually recommend writing down just one thing that if you can only do that one thing that day, what would it be to make you feel, what would that goal be if you could only do that one thing and still feel productive throughout that day? So I just want you guys to take this list that I gave you of 10 things and maybe just find one for yourselves over the next week that would help you get your day going on the right foot. That would help you guys start off in more of a positive light each day. And I'll see you guys again next week. Thank you again for joining Health Tips with Cal.
0: Now it's time to go back through time and listen to the stories of Elizabeth and Reinhardt Gibson in Mooresville, North Carolina. Once granddad killed two horses, two fine horses, for dad. He had ridden the cultivators back and forth and never rested the horses until they died of heat stroke. That made everyone feel horrible. I must have been five or six when Duke Power came and put in electricity. Before electricity, we had the old-fashioned icebox. We had to buy 50, 75, or 100 pounds of ice to keep things cold or to make the ice cream once in a while. What a treat. Ice-cold milk was so delicious to drink, and iced tea once in a while was another delightful treat. Mother was such a good cook and always served healthy, tasty foods. The old kerosene lamps and lanterns were a way of life until we finally did get electric lights. I recall Mother being ill and in bed. Dad sent for a doctor. Dr. Creighton Wren came to see her. She was in the back of the fire room or family sitting room in bed. The overhead light with its 40-watt bulb was the only light available. The slop jar was under the bed, and everyone was sitting around the fireplace to keep warm as the doctor proceeded to do his examination of mother. Dr. Wren said, damn, is that the only light you got? He cursed for a time, but got the job done. He would not ever have had an electric. We would not have ever had an electric refrigerator had it not been for Ruth. Virgil had gone to the army, and she had to break up housekeeping. And she and Brenda moved to Mount Pleasant, New Jersey, to live with her brother-in-law and husband. She let mother and daddy use her electric refrigerator. That changed our way of life from then on. The only thing. Every time I walked near that refrigerator, it shocked the fire out of me. Should I ever touch it anywhere, it sent me into orbit. It had no ground wire or something, anyway. I was the only one it shocked. One way to keep me from, it was definitely one way to keep me from eating. If our power bill came and was over $2.50 or $3, my dad would have a cursing fit. He wouldn't let us listen to the radio the next month. What would he think today if he saw my $150 and more electric bills sometimes? When I was eight or 10 years old, one Sunday morning when Jack and Alice had taken dad and mother to Aunt Stella and Uncle Jim Udi's for the day, Sarah, Jeanette, Bill, John, and me were left to get our own lunch. We played ball in the barnyard. Doug Dalton, our neighbor approximately my age, was there. He came most every day to our house. (coughs) He would help with the chores, follow Dad, and ask for a chew of his homemade chewing tobacco, which Dad gave him. As we all played in the barnyard, we saw Bob and Fred Garrison walking above the barn. Sarah said, hey, sit on the hog pen fence side by side. Doug, put your arm around Ann. Well, he did, and yes... You, It did provide a real fist fight between Bob and Doug. Bob told Doug that Ann was his girl, and he wasn't going to have him put his arm around his girl. Then John Blaine, my nephew, was riding me home on his bike, and Bob jerked him off the bike and started a fight. John Blaine tried to tell him Ann was his aunt, and Bob wouldn't believe it. (laughs) So Bob and Fred had an older brother, Jerry, who was fruity as all get out. He he didn't cut his first teeth till to, to he was about in the sixth grade. As he got older, he got into more trouble than a mobster. Once he shot his girlfriend because he was tired of her. <laughs> they had a love nest. He called it out Highway 150 near the lake where they, he and his girlfriend, spent a lot of time. One night, he shot her several times and left her for dead and went home and went to bed. The girl wasn't dead and crawled wounded out of the thicket into the highway where a truck found her and got help for her. She lived, but he served some time. He caught a taxi once and decided he would take some pot shots at him to see what he'd do. The cab driver got away, but it scared him speechless. Jerry served time for that. He would stand Bob and Fred against the wall and throw ice picks and butcher knives at them. He was a frightening character whoo what a story we're going to stop with that for today (laughs) i hope you've enjoyed this story time um, with with the tales from elizabeth and reinhardt gibson
2: thank you for watching karen corner
0: make sure you head over to our facebook and youtube channel where you will find this program along with others be sure that you subscribe Like and click the notification bell so that you will receive notifications for our weekly program. Don't forget to share this program to your social media platforms. If there's a question that you would like to ask, make sure to email it to caringcorner22 at gmail.com. We hope to see you on the next episode of Caring Corner.